I have to ask, how are you feeling? Day before new release of a single. So, yeah. Yeah, super excited. I think, uh, especially with with Mark being on the song, with Paleface being on the song, that's just like, that's a whole nother uh, kind of audience base that we're excited to to bring in. I think there's a good amount of crossover, but a lot of those kids, I think, probably haven't heard of our band. And so for them to be, you know, exposed to it in that way is going to be really, really exciting. So we're just, we've been sitting on it for, you know, however, like three months now. So it's just like, we're just ready for everyone to hear it. Yeah, um, I'm starting to see what people think about it. It's a little different and like a little different approach than what we've done with other songs. So uh, I'm yeah, I'm excited to see what people think about it and how it's received. Have you seen any uh, kind of pre-reviews? Um, we've had like other than our friends who we've shown the song, and then we uh, I did a podcast I think last week um, yeah. and we did, like a little sneak preview, and it's been awesome uh responses so far which is comforting <laughs> yeah yeah validating reassuring sure. yeah okay yeah because i know that's such an important part but on the build tour towards any release be it an album single or ep as things get drip fed out and you kind of get those pressed up back and responses and things like that that sometimes that can go some way to easing the mind it's a big a big difference i think between a critical review and the fans and the people that yeah. are going to be on your Facebook and YouTube, but I still kind of be getting that positivity uh, back already. I've heard it. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep quiet. You know, I, we, we, have <laughs> we have a review. We do we a big old. Like yeah. <laughs> Rest assured, big, big fan. I am all joking aside. We have a single slam goes up tomorrow. I'll be part of that. I really, really liked it. Um, particularly as Fox Lake. And to some degree as well, even though they're a bit, you know, well-known pale, pale face, is these aren't, you, you, neither of you I know well. So it's been really, really awesome experience to hear that collaboration, which I guess is something people are always going to want to know. How mm. did that come about? Um, we got super lucky just in terms of uh, even, I, I want to say like a year ago, year and a half ago, we had, um, we just... Uh, we did like a, a little like ask us anything on Instagram and we were asking who we should work with um, or even like who we should tour with and things like that. It wasn't even specifically for the song. And a lot of people were talking about Paleface. So like I was saying, I think there's a lot of crossover in the fan base and uh, we had tagged them and, and Zelly had responded and was like, yo, I checked you guys out. I love the sound. And so we kind of started like an unofficial internet friendship through that where, you know, every once in a while we'll reply to each other's stories and stuff like that and um, congratulate them on releases and tours and things. So when, uh, when we were writing the song, we had a big space at the end that we knew we wanted a guest spot in and uh, we knew we needed somebody who could like, who could drive it. Cause it was pretty instrumentally, it was like relatively bare. Um, mm -hmm. And so we needed somebody who was going to bring a lot of energy to it. And so it was a super easy fit just to plug him in. He was really, really receptive, really happy to work with it. So I, we got crazy lucky because he's a rock star. Were you aware of uh, Paleface's popularity before the internet friendship even kicked off? Yeah, I, th I think so. We, we, yeah, like I hadn't ever really listened to the band much before that, but I, I'd seen them, like my friends talking about them and posting about them too. So um whenever we started messaging i was like oh I, I gotta check these guys out and so i saw them and i saw their numbers and stuff and i was i was impressed for sure and we got super lucky in that 
we had already kind of started talking to them before the most recent album came out mm. which the recent the most recent album they they stepped it up like crazy like they they were already doing something awesome and then on the most recent one like musically instrumentally their their numbers their like the production quality on their videos all that stuff it all took a big jump and so again we just got like the timing worked out really really well but they actually i i had been aware of them for a while because they forever ago like several years ago did a song with some friends of ours in a band called mugshot mm -hmm. and uh so like they were kind of like on my radar for a while just as a sort of peripheral band and then um you know clearly over the past couple of years that that just started jumping up in popularity so it worked I, out i had no idea they did anything with mugshot really? <laughs> no that's very cool dude we got this <laughs> it's okay, so funny sweet. i didn't know that <laughs> it is an awesome collaboration but you know, I don't want to focus too much on Paleface. It's Fox Lake, of course. So go, the track's called Gaslight. And give us some background on it. What was your original vision with this track? And did it turn out exactly as you planned? Uh, no, it, it, no, it's gone through some revisions for sure. Um, I don't even really remember how it started. I think we just had a couple of different songs that we were recording and figuring out. Um which one and we went to the studio and we recorded them and we were kind of loose on the structure and kind of the direction on it, a couple of the songs and um we just kind of focused on those two songs that we recorded that one and the single we released beforehand um yeah and i don't know it just it, it, we were in the room and we kind of just started working on it and it kind of became what it was and usually we enter the studio it's stuff is a little bare bones and then it gets a little bit more fleshed out it was, it was also like, I had had a couple of demos lying around with some riffs and ideas, but nothing, you know, concrete as far as like song structure. And that's usually how a lot of it starts is, you know, like a voice note on my phone of me, you know, like mouthing a riff. I'll be like, bam, ba, down, 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 down. And then I'll go into my computer and do a, you know, really terrible version demo. And then our friend uh, Connor, who's like the unofficial fifth member, um, he he does all our recordings and stuff like that so he helped write and flesh stuff out but also on this one specifically it was a little bit different because I had a couple of times going up and just kind of jamming around with some friends of ours in a band called Mouth for War. Mm -hmm. Mouth for War is from Colorado Springs which is like an hour away from Denver where we live. Yeah. Um, so we got to just kind of write with them and jam with them and have just kind of like a different perspective uh, get some different ideas and um, try some stuff that we wouldn't have usually done if it was just us writing in the room. So when when we brought those ideas into the studio, it kind of took on a different spin. So that's why when you asked, is it, did it turn out how we expected? I think when we started and where we ended is like, it took all kinds of different yeah. ways to get there. Yeah, I forgot originally, like um, a couple of dudes from Mouth for War had thrown some ideas and kind of had like a, a loose structure of uh, like riffs and stuff that they wrote and that, and then we kind of, unpieced it and repositioned some stuff and took some stuff and left some things like that so um honestly i think this is probably the most people who have touched a song like overall out, out of the oh, band sure. and the producers and zelly and another band stuff it's like i think i don't know probably like close to 10 people have had some sort of input or uh you know part of the writing process on this song that's incredible. You're clearly very comfortable um, sharing then, which isn't something that you often hear. From <laughs> uh, I think, I think 
<laughs> I want to be careful because I, I can be very protective. Um, so I think having kind of final say on the song, as weird as that sounds, is like, you know, ultimately, like we had all these different jam sessions and ideas and, you know, stuff coming in and out. But like we said, at the end of the day, it was us kind of saying, okay, we like this riff. We don't like this riff. We want to use this. You know, this was an idea that we had at one point that sounds kind of cool, but maybe it's not best for us. So ultimately we were able to, to put all those pieces together how we wanted it. And that's why, you know, I, no one else wrote the song for us, mm. but people, you know, we wrote the song with people. Mm. So we had lots of ideas coming in. We had lots of different perspectives coming in. And then we were able to kind of filter those into what we wanted the song to sound like. Yeah, and this was like, when we started a song, we, we were interested in getting uh, a different set of like ears on it and a uh, different like group of people um, okay. just to try something new and see if we liked that process and that we'd never really done that before and see if that was something that was even possible. Um, but like, I was stoked with how it turned out. So yeah, I'd love to do stuff like that again. I'm glad you're happy with how it all turned out then, particularly, um, you know, or particularly when you've got a subject matter that uh, I think will certainly resonate with just about everyone because it can be both personal, but it can also reflect a wider worldview. Were you were you strongly aware of the fact that you did have a free and open almost canvas to paint here? Um, yes and no. I recently heard a quote that was, I, I don't want to butcher the quote, but the, the basics of it was, when it comes to songwriting, most of the time, it's better to write something personal that you need to express and then let people relate to that rather than trying to write something relatable. So if, if you're trying to write something in the hopes that like, oh, I hope that other people understand this or I'm writing something for somebody else, um, a lot of times you're going to miss the mark and it's going to come off disingenuous or it's just going to be, you know, not something that's true to you. And so having something that was specific to Nathan, who, who writes the lyrics, having something specific to him that was honest with what he was going through and what he was feeling, and then allowing other people to kind of relate to what that feels like, because I'm sure, like you said, that's a, that's a pretty universal experience. Yes. So, yeah. When, uh, when the lyrics came your way and you saw them and you heard them, uh, what, was your, what was your initial impression? <laughs> Um, it's funny because every time we we look at the lyrics, uh, it's a good thing, but it, it can be really funny when we discuss it. I take something different out of it, and so when I'm doing a lot of the press for the for the band, a lot of times I'll be explaining something and I'll send it to Nathan to be like, "Hey, just wanted to double check," and he's like, "That's not what <laughs> the song was about." So. I, which is awesome because it means that multiple people can take multiple things out of it. It doesn't have to be so, you know, cut and dry, but I love the lyrics. It's super pissed off. And especially with um, Zelly's part, mm. he, I mean, he just brought something that's just so angry and like <laughs> cool. And it's not over the top. It's not, you know, goofy. It doesn't feel silly. Like I think a lot of, a lot of deathcore can fall to that kind of trap where it's just, you know, it just ends up sounding silly, but it felt honest, but it feels just really pissed off. <laughs> yeah, when the press came my way, one of the things that intrigued me was it was kind of described as your heaviest song to date as much because of Paleface's uh, inclusion and help on it. And uh, I tell you, I always take things like that a little bit hyperbole, you know, let's wait and see. But uh, I certainly think it sticks. Do you 
Do you think the influence of what you've done in this track will sort of set you on a path, as it were? I hope not. <laughs> uh, every time we do something uh, that's like really heavy, um, yeah. I, I'm like, all right, like we got to chill. <laughs> Originally, when we started this band, we we were it, it, obviously it's heavy music, um, but it wasn't going to be as heavy as um, you know other bands we listened to or or other music that we made in the past. So me personally, um, when we do something really heavy, I'm like, man, this is really cool. And then I'm like, next time, maybe back it off a bit. So I don't know. I mean, if, if people like it and they, and it, it it's natural and um, it's like well responded to, then like, sure. Um, but personally, I like, I like uh, stuff like maybe a little less heavy. I think for, for us, like one of the cool things is that we've always said uh, you should always be your own favorite band. Because mm. if, you're, if you're writing music that you don't like, then you're doing something wrong. Yes. And so, you know, I we're pretty lucky in that having our, our foot in so many different camps, whether it's, you know, kind of like the more metalcore base or like even a little bit of deathcore, that beat down, hardcore, new metal, like alt rock, all that different stuff to be able to kind of do everything somewhat um cohesively mm -hmm. allows us a lot of opportunities and so you know we can write a super super heavy song and then on the next one do something a little bit more you know rage against the machine a little bit less you know thick and dissonant and just a lot more based on the groove um but the cool thing is you know because of that wide range in the future if we're if we're excited about a heavy riff if we're excited about a heavy song I don't think that we have to say, no, we're not allowed to do that thing or that, you know, that doesn't work for this band. Yeah. Every, every, I feel like everything we've done is cohesive and nothing sounds like a different band. So yeah. even if it is, uh, you know, on a, you know, a general spectrum, like, uh, like things are heavier or not as heavy. Uh, I think it's still the same band and it still comes from the same place. And, and it, 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 it like, it feels like natural, even, even if it is a little different from song to song. You're allowing yourself the freedom to experiment. You're an artist, ultimately, and that's so important. And I don't think any fan would really ever bemoan that fact. And I love that you kind of talked about an area that I've noticed, which is Fox Lake are somewhat undefinable. It is very <laughs> hard to pigeonhole your sound because, you know, in rock and metal, we love to put you in a camp. <laughs> but from your perspective, what I gather, you're very happy being undefinable. But where do you feel that Fox Lake fit and i'm not necessarily saying a genre but where do you fit in the grand scheme of the world when it comes to fan bases and say you gotta go on a spotify playlist <laughs> mm -hmm. um i mean the cool thing is it depends on sort of the song and mm -hmm. it depends on um you know so for example like doggy dog uh that from like on the on the instrumental side from the guitar riff's perspective that sounds a lot just like a trapped under ice hardcore song it's you know it's really based in that kind of you know mid-2000s turnstile trapped under ice like bent like just like those kinds of hardcore bands mm. that's what i was when i was writing it and so that song you know that could be played at a hardcore fest um alongside those types of bands but then you have something like like tunnel vision one of the one of the singles from our first album yeah and you know that that can fit in a totally different space and the cool thing is um being able to have multiple fan being able to expose different types of fans to different types of things so if it's 
you know, roots punk hardcore kids listening mm. to our band, then they get to hear something a little bit more metalcore that they might have previously turned their nose up at. And if it's, you know, metalcore kids who are just excited about hearing something heavy with screaming in it, then potentially we can expose them to some more of that specific hardcore that we're, you know, that we we like to go to those shows and we like to listen to those bands. And so, you know, being able to provide all those different perspectives to a wider fan base without having to worry about if it's, you know, kind of like pandering, because it's never like we write a song for this group. Yep. Sounds to me like you kind of understand the modern trappings of being in a band. Uh, record sales, not that important these days. It's all about your likes, follows, and uh, um, streaming numbers more than anything else. Do you feel like you do have a good understanding of the uh, the all-powerful algorithm? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody does. Yeah. I think if anybody does, they're lying. Like <laughs> it, it is interesting, like, even, like, I've been, you know, in band since I was like in high school or something. So over the past 10 years or so, just seeing like what kind of bands chase for and, and, and what specific stat kind of validates bands has changed so much in, in just in like the last like 10 or five years. So mm. it, it's interesting, like when I was in high school, it was all about like Facebook likes. Um, and now, um, and then it was, uh, you know, record sales have kind of dipped down and, and physical copies and all that stuff aren't so more important it's all that streaming now. So it, it's, it's interesting and, and kind of weird to see how fast things have changed. Mm -hmm. Maybe by the time we get in a good groove of uh, the current streaming thing, maybe something else will already come along. Um, so it, it's an interesting uh, industry where, where things move and change so quickly in, in such a short time. I think they're in the process of changing right now. Like I even, uh, I just saw a Twitter thread that was talking about whether or not uh, like monthly listeners on Spotify was a reliable um, kind of metric for bands. Right. And I, we're in a weird time where a band can have, you know, 2000 monthly listeners on Spotify and mm. be killing it, opening on, you know, big tour packages and selling tickets, or you can have bands with, you know, 500,000 monthly listeners who, you know, have a hard time putting people in a room. And so it's, it's, while it is something that you can look at to kind of gauge the general population's interest in a band, yeah, I think it's hard to rely on that, and and that's why I say I don't think anyone actually knows, <laughs> yeah, how to how to like you know interpret the algorithm and because um, you know there are so many different outliers. It feels like it always comes back to an important, the most important thing for a band, which is a live show and filling out those rooms. And uh, that will always be the best barometer because if you're doing that regularly, then yeah. uh, you must be doing something right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you guys, you came to life in 2017. And while, you know, five years, uh, a significant portion of that has been spent unable to do. Not a lot, of course, considering... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, considering how much of your early years as well has been dominated by COVID and lockdowns and so on, what what's put kept you pushing on? What's been the drive? What's kept you guys going over these difficult past few years? Um, I, I would say that like the reception of uh, of the fans. I think that when we started this band, you know, it was it was something we wanted to do, and it's it seemed like something fun, and we wanted to try to do something different. Um. And that that's all good and well and stuff, but um, it, after a while, if if there's a lot of obstacles put in the way, 
Um, and there's not much kind of like reward or benefit from pushing through those obstacles. You can fizzle out pretty easy. Um, but for us, I think like uh, we, we've seen um, a surprising amount of um, like interest and uh, good reception uh, more than I think uh, we thought we would get. Um, so at least for me personally, like that, that is a, a huge motivator that, you know, people actually do care what we're doing. And um, it, some people, it really does resonate with them. And, and even if, um, you know, things are a little more slow moving on our personal timeline than we wanted to, it, it's, it's always kind of worked out and been worth it. And um, I, I don't know that that pushes me through and that makes it um, a little bit more, you know, rewarding to do so. I think I, I recently, uh, I was at a nine to five job for like six years and I just recently left and in, in the amount of time in like four or five weeks since leaving that job, uh, I have written like, I think like eight different songs for like, some of them are like kind of like math core, not, not math core, but like math rock, like post rock stuff. Some of them are like black and hardcore, like death metal stuff. And it really kind of defined for me that not making music just doesn't really feel like an option. And so if people are like having some sort of response and seeing the organic growth that we've seen over the past couple of years has really like, that's what, what puts the wind in the sails. It's definitely like, you know, that's what defines and pushes that momentum um but the idea of you know if it wasn't this band i'd be making music in another one so it's like this for this band to be you know experiencing that momentum and experiencing that super organic growth that we've seen where we've had i i want to say next to no um advertising we've never you know paid for listeners on spotify or anything like that and so over the course of the past couple of years specifically since 2020 since our first album came out everything that we've seen all of the you know social media engagement and all of that stuff has been almost entirely organic it's been mm. purely just because word of mouth or people being interested or um live shows and stuff like that and so yeah i for that to be so kind of like uh, uh reaffirming is is 100 what what keeps the band going that was incredible. Um, I almost don't almost feels like an end of an interview statement there, how you described that. <laughs> it really was impactful. Um, I have to ask though, uh, following that, from your perspective, then, what is it about Fox Lake that resonates with this ever burgeoning fan base? I um I, I think it's like the major the majority of us in the band, mm. um, you know, we all grew up listening to like those kind of you know hot topic rise core bands. Um, and then kind of progress into like a more uh, like hardcore, like music listening and stuff. So we have a lot of like uh, influences and what we kind of bring to the table is um, our, our consistent backgrounds with mm. similar genres and then going into uh, writing these songs where there's a little bit of different genres of, you know, sub genres of, of the metal, you know, you have a little, new metal and you have uh your metal core and you have some beat down you have some hardcore and stuff like that um so i think i think there's a good i'd like to think there's a good blend of uh a lot of different like sub genres and that each uh 
kid who likes those specific subgenres can glean like a little bit from uh, each song uh, that kind of like goes towards the like subgenre that they actually like. So I, I think that there's a little bit of everything for everyone in the songs. So I, I, I think that helps with, um, it, it doesn't isolate any sort of, um, you know, music listener. I also think that we, we have fun making the music. And so I think that one of the biggest things that we want to present basically at all times is like, we want the shows to be fun. We mm. want social media to be fun. We want the music videos to be fun. We want like, listening to the songs to be fun. It should be something that, you know, you can turn on in your car and just groove out to. It doesn't have to be something, you know, there is a lot of substance there. And it's like you were talking about with Gaslight, I think that there is, it's not that it's something that we don't take seriously because we very much do, but, um, you know, at any point you can turn on any of our songs and just bob your head. And that's something that I think, um, that's kind of like one of the cornerstones for this band is we want it to be a blast. We just want it to be as fun for people to hear it as it is for us to, to do it. Yes. Some bands take themselves too seriously and it, everything has to be like a, a big spectacle or performance and it can get like really disingenuine um, mm -hmm. over time. Um, and so I don't know, that's what, that's what we've always tried to do is keeping it like, you know, we're not trying to, be or do anything that we aren't naturally and stuff and like if you ever meet us and hang out with us we're like we're just a bunch of goofballs you know so uh, it, it, it's it's reflected in the music but it, again like Brandon said like it, it, it is we do take it seriously but like it doesn't need to be super serious and like like a performance at like all levels of everything you know it, it, it makes sense to me. Use the driving analogy. There's the perfect example. There are two types of listening. One, you're listening to it while you're driving. You're not focused on the song. You're focused on driving, but you hear the music and you're bopping your head to it. And the second one, you're sitting at home and you're listening to it and you're paying attention. That's what it is. It's the two different two different areas, I think. It works yeah. wonderfully for you. And I think Gaslight, particularly for people who may be hearing you for the first time whether it be because of the collaboration whether it be because they've just stumbled across you in the magic world of the internet um i think that's going to work for that as well awesome I, yeah <laughs> that's what we're hoping yeah i'm glad to hear that guys what does the bigger picture look like right now focus is on gaslight as of the time recording is out tomorrow by the time this video is up it is out so you'll be able to listen to it while listening to us as well while after or before but what does the bigger picture kind of look like right now that you can talk about? You've mentioned songwriting. Yeah, we're uh, we're actually headed to the studio in like four weeks. We're going to be going out to Texas to work on a couple more songs that should be out before the end of the year. So we're super excited about that. We've got like, we're only recording two, but I think we have like five that we're, we're going to try to pick our favorites from. And, um, you know, kind of behind the scenes, we've been gearing up to, write a full length and we're trying to figure out what that looks like based on um you know i just how much uh how much we can afford and how much how many songs we have ready to go and things like that um we just confirmed a tour in january we're trying to find something to go out for a week or two in in the fall um and you know new merch designs new music videos new new art new songs just like we're we're really pushing i think this year and next year we're just like heads down and it's going to be it's going to be consistent
Fantastic. I mean, you've got to take advantage of uh, the world opening up, particularly as this year, 2022, bit of a write-off uh, in regards to getting on tours, festivals, and so oh, on. So yeah, 2023 is the window, right? Well, and for us, unfortunately, specifically, we were still battling with that, you know, kind of like the way that the entertainment industry is handling COVID because we just had, uh, we had our tour in April with Desolated from the UK and that actually got canceled. Well, the, the tour went on, we had to cancel uh, due to a COVID test. And then like two months later, we were out with our, our really good friends in Guerrilla Warfare and had to come home from that one too. So like we're still battling with with the entertainment industry and, and COVID and trying to figure out how to keep people safe, but also how to not, you know, not be dropping off shows every every single time you hit the road. Yeah, I mean, people are still being very understanding about these situations. Um, even right now, we are one of our bigger festivals. Bloodstock is about to take place about oh, yeah. out today, and uh, bands are still dropping off uh, and being replaced because of the old COVID and travel issues and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. trying to make the best of it we can, I think, and I guess you're going to have to do the same. But what's something then? What's a realistic goal, right, that you would like to achieve? Say by the end of 2023. During the UK. Yeah. yeah. I would say, yeah, Europe. Uh, whether it's Australia, New Zealand, Europe, um, we've had, like, it still blows my mind to this day, but we've had massive response from a lot of those countries. And, um, you know, whether it's Germany or, or like the actual UK itself, or uh, again, Austria, mm. Australia, or um, New Zealand, we've had bands reach out to us. We've had people reach out to us looking at our Spotify metrics and stuff. We have a lot of listeners in those areas, which is such an honor and kind of like blows our minds. But <laughs> yeah. um, we've talked to our booking agent a couple different times about trying to get out there. And at this point, it's just, we're, you know, we're still kind of like wrestling with how to, how to make it happen. But that's very realistic at this point it's just a matter of scheduling it and finding the bands that are interested and available and yeah you know work visas and stuff like that yeah a couple of years ago it was like that was that's always been like a a goal that all of us have really wanted to do but it seems you know wildly unattainable and then just in the last like two years or so it's like it's gone from like this like big pipe dream to like actually something that like genuinely could happen which is very exciting because like you know all of us in there would be like you know international travel and playing shows and stuff sounds like the coolest experience it's not if it's when (laughs) (laughs) and guys i mean uk is perfect place for it you can pretty much come here for a week and do all the major cities and because of your style and the variety in your sound any bill any venue you will work wonders yeah dude i've seen like I, I feel like the UK just loves heavy music so much more than the US does. So like I, I see like small bands who do small tours in the US and then they go to UK and they're playing like giant sold out fests and stuff. And I'm like, that's cool. Like <laughs> Europe and UK get it uh, more than US do when it comes to heavy music. So I, I think it would be uh, it'd be a lot of fun to get out there for sure. I think part of the reason why that is is because we don't get those mammoth, uh, gigantic tours where lots of massive bands are put together into one bill and then do X amount of states because we're a small country. You know, bands mm-hmm. are on their own and stuff like that. So there's not my desire for it. But um, I can't wait. I, I hope you get the opportunity. And I hope Gaslight blows up exactly as you want it to be. Um, gents, thank yeah, you so much so for fun. taking the time to do this. 
Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Thanks for having us. Happy to do it. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on GBHBell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash GBHBL as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favour, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?